Okay, so we are on Chaf Dalit Ahmed Bey's at the bottom, and uh, two lines from the bottom, 24b. And we're talking about a new category of Nidorim and possibly Shavuos that are when somebody says something that's an exaggeration, whether or not it's binding. And if it's an exaggeration, the person never really means to forbid anything if he says it. So we gave some examples. One of them was if he said that he saw the number of people that left Mitzrayim on this road, which is over 600,000 people, which is impossible. So obviously he never meant to forbid anything when he swore that. So how do we know that's what he meant? Maybe he saw antels. And when he said those that came out of Egypt, he meant he saw ants like the amount that came out of Egypt. And he was swearing truthfully. How do we know that he's uh, not swearing truthfully? We turn to today's page, when a person swears, he doesn't swear based on what he nickname he may give something or he may describe something. He's got to swear using common language that most people use. As Rashi says, He swears according to the way we think. Like most people do. People don't usually call ants of those that come out of Egypt. Back to the Gemara. We don't usually call those people. We don't usually give ourselves names to ants like that. A person, we're assuming that he's not swearing based on his own understanding. Is that true? Vahatanya. When a person is being asked to swear in Basin, Omerlo, we say to him, you should know. When you swear something, it doesn't matter what you're thinking in your heart and what you want it to mean, but you're swearing according to our understanding of the uh, of what it means. And what Basin says, what are we coming to exclude? My love, Lefuke, it would come to exclude a case. The Asak Lehu La Asu Kindari. Let's say he has a bunch of wood chips. Basiklo Shmo Zuse, and he decides to call the wood chips that he has Zuse coins. And then he swears that I never borrowed those Zuse, meaning coins, from you. Now he's thinking when he swears Zuse that he never borrowed them, he's thinking wood chips. But he has to swear, most people, when they say zoos, they don't mean wood chips, they mean money. He's got, so in that case, we avoid that by telling him, you're swearing based on the terminology that we use. But this implies that specifically when Bezdin makes him swear, he can't use his own terminology. But, So this implies that when he swears privately, he would use his own terminology based on the way he understands it. So, this is not like what we just said. So the Lord said, Lo, really, when we say you swear, really, you always use our terminology. But we're coming to exclude the case of Rava's stick. There was a person, he owed his friend money. 
Asa Kameda Rava, and they brought the Rava's Bainston. They said to the borrower, You borrowed the money, it's due so parely. The, the lender said, Pay me. Omale Pratikha, I paid you already. Omale Rava, you came. Zil Eshtavelo, if it's true that you paid him, swear in court that you paid him. The Partika, also he went for Isikanya, he came to court and he brought a walking stick. And he hid the money in the walking stick. Five Mistamik Vazo and he limped into court. Vas Ailabedina, Omerle Lamalva, and when they swear in Rava's court, they used to hold a safer Torah. So he says to the lender, Nokit Haikani Bidaka, here, take my stick. Nasif Sefer Torah, he grabs the Sefer Torah and he swears that he paid. Kol Mai Dahavile Biyada. He paid him everything that was owed to him. He, uh, he swore that he, he paid him everything uh, that he had that belonged to him. Hahu Malva Rogas, the lender, when he heard the borrower lying with the Sefer Torah, gets so angry. He broke the stick. And the money fell out. And technically he was swearing truthfully, but he was trying to uh, play a game. Um, uh, ben Yoyada says that uh, he could have changed the coins into gold coins so that wouldn't have made the stick so heavy, so it wouldn't have been noticed until then. Vakati, the Gemara said, uh, are uh, I, we can prove that people don't nece- are are we saying that people don't necessarily swear on their own knowledge? What about that which we learned? Vaditanya, Mekain Metzinu Moshe Rabbeinu. We find something similar when Moshe Rabbeinu Kishir Yisrael Arvos Moav when he made the Jewish people swear in Arvos Moav. You should know, Klau Yisrael, that you are swearing to keep the Torah and the mitzvot not according to the way you think. But according to the way Hashem defines them, Why did Moshe Rabbeinu need to say this to Klal Yisrael? Lab did it not mean Maybe he thought Dilma Mili. Maybe you will swear this and then later on you will transgress the Torah and you will say, well, when we swore, we didn't mean what you meant. Aldatenu. That's why Moshe Rabbeinu said, no, you are swearing what I mean. Give us an example. What was Moshe Rabbeinu coming to exclude? They swore they would, wa- would only worship Hashem. So what if they call an idol uh, an aloha, uh, Hashem? So that implies that people sometimes swear according to what they say. So the Gemara answers, um, but does, uh, that's not a proof because actually the Torah calls Avodos Chachavim a God. Lo, Avodos Chachavim Ikra Eloha Dixiba Kola He Mitzrayim. So, unless, uh, therefore, Moshe had to swear, had to say that I want you to swear not to serve a God, not the God that we call a God, not a God that would be an idol. So, why didn't Moshe just have them swear to keep the mitzvahs? The answer is, they could have said, the commands, commands could be of a king. All the mitzvahs. They could say that only means sitzis. Because sitzis, the mitzvah sitzis has the power of all the mitzvahs. And in some ways, that's considered kol mitzvosai, as it says in the Pasuk. And the rush brings this down here. 
So then just have them swear that they'll keep the Torah. Mashma Torah Achas. Well, that's only one Torah. It doesn't mean the oral and the written Torah. L'shava Yostom, maybe it should say they keep Torahs, plural. Mashma Torah, the Gemara says, well, you, they, the person might say that means Torahs Mincha, Torahs Chatus, Torahs Lashem. Each set of Korbanos has their own rules. Maybe he just means he will keep the rules of the Korbanos, but not necessarily Torah. L'shava Yostom, Demikaimit Torah Mitzvahs. Why don't they say Torah Mitzvahs? Torahs Mashma Torahs Amincha, because the word Torah might mean just the Torah of the just the laws of the Karbanas. Mitzvah Masha Mitzvah Samelech, and Mitzvah might just mean we'll keep the rules of the king. Let them swear they'll keep the whole Torah. Torah Kula Masha That might mean the main uh, that they'll keep the mitzvah of the whole Torah, not to serve idols. And where do you see that that mitzvah is is equal to the rest of the Torah? The Tanya. The mitzvah not to worship idols is very strict. First wide line. Because anybody that uh, denies, uh, uh, worships the idols, it's as if they go against the whole Torah. So then let them swear that they will keep uh, not worshiping idols and the Torah. Or inami sheish uh, or let them swear taryag that they'll keep the shlosh esrei mitzvahs. Let them swear that they'll keep the tar six hundred thirteen mitzvahs. Gemara so said they could have, but Moshe Rabbeinu missed the Moshe Rabbeinu had an easier way of doing it. He said that you'll swear based on my understanding, uh, so that uh, the swear would be a legitimate oath. Then we continue. The second example we said of an exaggerated oath was that a person swore that he saw a snake like an olive press. Morris said, what's the big deal to be as big as an press? There was a snake in the years of Shul Malcha that was bigger than an olive press. They tried to um, uh, uh, protect themselves from the snake by throwing him bales of hay, and he swallowed 13 bales, which means he was obviously much bigger than an olive press. They put hot coals in the bales to try to kill it. So Amr Shmuel Betorif, uh, Shmuel said, when they said it looked like an olive press, they didn't mean in the size, they meant in the ridges. That uh, just like an olive press has certain ridges, that's what they said about uh, the snake. And that was obviously an exaggeration. And Morris says, what do you mean? Uh, um, so most snakes have some ridges. So Morris said, agab of Torah, on the back. I have a listening Torah. So then it should say, it should have said that, and it's coming to tell you, the chorus base abad gavu Torah, that an olive press has those ridges on it. Why do we care? If you buy something and they sell you an olive press, it had to be made with those ridges. If you sell it, if the backside has those ridges, apparently that makes a better olive press. So then uh, he kept his part of the deal in Ilolo. Uh, but again, the question was, was he saying it's like an olive press in size or was he saying in shape? And then the question was, that's an exaggeration because the back of most snakes doesn't have that shape. It's not real clear exactly what those what the word ridges represents here in the snake. But that's what it says. New mission as we turn the page. New kind of vow. What if you made a vow by mistake? For example, you swore... Uh, you swore something shall be forbidden to you if you ate or if you drank, and you were thinking that you didn't, and then you remembered, oh no, I did, 
or you swore that you will eat or you will drink, uh, meaning that it would be forbidden to you, something should be forbidden to me if I eat or drink, and not planning on eating or drinking, and you forgot, and you ate and drank. So by mistake, you did, you uh, went against the vow, so those vows are permitted. Omer, konim ishti nehenesli. Let's say you swore that my wife should be forbidden to benefit from me. Why? Because she, she steals my money, she steals my wallet, and she hits my son. And then you find out it didn't happen. So that was a vow by mistake. You see a bunch of people eating your figs, and you want them to stop, and you swear, I forbid my figs to you like a corbin. And it turns out one of the people was your father or your brothers. But there were other people there too. So Beishavim says, your father and your brother, they, you had no intent to forbid them. They're mutter. but other people also. Beishilo says, no, once we say your vow was made by mistake and regarding your father and your brother, so it's, uh, we take off the whole vow and everybody's permitted to keep on eating as far as it's not forbidden from the vow. Let's see the Gemara. Tanik Hashem Mitarim. <clears throat> just like if you made a nedr by mistake, it's, it's permitted. So too, if you made an oath by meshvua by mistake, it's permitted. Heki dami what would be an example? Kigon, Rivkahana, Ravasi, they're two great sages. One swore that Rav said this, and the other one swore that Rav said something else. And each one thinks they're swearing truthfully, Kimishtaveya. So they said it should be usur if Rav didn't say this. So each one uh, uh, if they made a mistake, it wasn't intentional. They didn't really mean to forbid something. Let's say you see the group eating Tananasim. We learned over there. There's such a thing as uh, um, removing a vow by saying, did you think, did you remember about Shabbos and Yantif? What happened was a person swore he wouldn't eat meat or wine and they reminded him about the mitzvah of eating meat and wine in Shabbos and Yantav. So when they removed the vow, they said, okay, Shabbos and Yantav, it's mutter. But the other days that you meant to make that vow should be yasr. Until Rabbi Kiva came along and taught. Once you remove a vow, the whole thing is removed. Rabbi explains, according to everybody, if you said, in the case with the figs, had you known your father was there, I would have said it. When I said you're all forbidden, I still would have said it, but I would have said, besides my father, the mutter. So then the vow, even though you'd only, you didn't say except my father, the vow still stands because you would have still said it, you just would have added, but not including my father. The debate is where you said I would have worded it differently. Had I known my father was with them, I would have just said they're forbidden, and I would have said my father's mutter. And that's a totally different wording, and therefore then the vow is the debate if the vow stands or not.